When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Today's podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Now, HelloFresh is a meal subscription service that offers fresh, premium quality meals. There are loads of different recipes to choose from. And what I like about it is even someone like myself, who's a bit of a basic cook at best, can make these cordon bleu meals, can make these premium quality, delicious meals. We're based in the city center, and you know what it's like. It's easy just to get a takeaway on the way home or just to ring some up and get it delivered. But this gives you the opportunity to get your recipes sent out, mm. get your meals sent out, get your ingredients sent out, and then cut yourself something nice. What's great as well, when they send you the recipe cards and the other different recipes, yeah. they'll let you know like this is easy difficulty level, this is medium, this is a little bit more difficult, but it's all doable. Yeah. Because even someone like myself can do it. I've been cooking some steak meals mm. for, uh, for myself and my, my lady so friend. Into these I know, I am. Well, yeah. Do you know what? I'm really enjoying it as well because there's a <laughs> sense of achievement yeah. when you've actually cooked a nice meal yeah. and you can sit down and you think, you know what, put a bit of time into this, I put a bit of effort and it, it sort of, the meal looks like it's one of those where you think, That's, that must have been really That's awesome. Restaurant. Together. And you think, actually, it's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> I had the, uh, rested all the heavy lifting for me. I had the prawn poke bowl, yeah. which nice. was sensational. Yeah. Also, my flatmate, he's been getting in on the veggie stuff because he's vegetarian. So you can have it customized and tailored depending on your dietary needs yeah. on any requirements that you have. And they're all sensational. Like you said, if you're a basic cook, an entry level cook, you can get the stuff that, that suits that. If you're someone that likes to challenge yourself, try new things, go for the sort of slightly more audacious recipes. There's plenty of stuff to suit you as well. To get involved, all you have to do is click the link in the description and use the code STREPFORD60 to get 60% off your first box and 25% off for two months using the code, again, STREPFORD60. That is 60% off your first box and 25% off for two months using the code STREPFORD60. Go and check it out. JF Stretford Paddock, that's Joe Smith, that's the housewife's favourite, Alex Bagley. This is the brew, no Stephen Halston. We will be hearing from him tomorrow. Big shout out to HelloFresh. Mm. Those meals were gorgeous. Oh, sensational. Lots of brownie points for me for cooking a nice meal as well. Mm. Bit of a rarity, unfortunately. Um, how are we? All right, yeah. yeah. Not bad. Looking forward to proper football being back next week. Forget proper. this World Cup nonsense out of the way. I don't want to watch. Argentina and Brazil and you know Portugal mm. I want to watch Burnley mm. <laughs> remember how upset Andy was it you that Andy yeah, yeah. got really upset when you said oh Burnley oh, can't bother I, I, I just made the point that we we get really bad home draws in every cup come and it's not mm. that we don't get like easy ties but it's just like ties we've seen all the time mm. ties so with top Top. Everton or Wolves or Villa. It's never Brighton. either a big game no. or a non-league club. No. There's never there's never that. Or no. Even away. It's not even no. going to South End away or something. It's That'd a 3,000 seat stadium. Be great. Yeah. You know, be good yeah. to see that and have that on. But no, it's Everton at home and Burnley at home. And yeah. it's just Burnley as well, who are, you don't get any credit for beating them because they're a championship team. But they're absolutely flying at the minute, yeah. and they and they've what they have two minute, two weeks break, and then they've been playing games again. So they're right on it. They've been training. They're ready to go. They're winning games. They're looking great. I think they're top of the league, aren't yeah, they, in yeah. the championship? So most likely they are essentially a Premier League team that you're playing. 
and it's a, such a banana skin of a game that it's, it's such a banana skin. You know skin. the horrible thing about that is as well. Just spot on the screen, excuse me. Um if they win, all the city fans will come out of the woodwork. Oh no company Because it's oh Vinny Company uh, doing it over United again <laughs> and all that. Drivel. So you've got that as well, haven't you? And disgusting. If we carry on I know we had a, the Resis out, but if we play anything like we did against um was it Real Betis? Mm. Yeah. Um and who was the other one? Was it Kiddis? Yeah. Then we might be in a bit of trouble. What I do you make of these sort of fair. Premier League maybe not legend well come Vincent Company's probably a Premier League no, legend, yes. isn't it? I hate I, I, um, do you know what, actually? I don't mind Vincent Company. Mm. He's as a person I don't yeah, I hate right. City, but he's alright. I've met him a few times, he's alright. He's just very oh, good. Soz hard. Yeah. You know he did, I mean, you've though? met him a few times. What, does he, mm. Do you go to the same fucking golf club or something? <laughs> oh, I've met yeah. him a few times. I've met I am, him, Alex Bagley. I've met him at Bridge. No. What do you mean you've <laughs> met him a few <laughs> times? I, um, I interviewed him a couple of times. Did you? Um, and I met him once at Wynn. What for? The blog, this, it's called The Secret, what? Blue or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Secret <laughs> yeah. Blue, yeah. That's what it's called. I interviewed yeah. him from the Isle of Man City The main blog. road Don't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top blog shot dot twat. That's what you're fucking. What's happening? I don't know. I don't know why I'm having a dig. Dog shot. What was that? I don't know. Don't repeat it. Yeah. What? What? I don't know. What? What What are you trying to say? Is Jay's? You're a secret city fan, and now everyone knows it. Um, You protest too much. Oh, I'm gonna go to Old Trafford all the time. Who's the guy that went from Aston Villa to say the bald-headed geezer? Oh, Fabian, is it Fabian Dahl? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he, he said, I don't like Fabian Dahl when I interviewed him, which annoyed me a little bit. It's a compliment for you, though, isn't it? <laughs> is that a, a, a much fitter hey. man. <laughs> um, what was going to say? Who's rattled your case today, anyway? I'm just excited. Hey, you get drafted excited. in because Steve's away. You start giving it the yeah, big Yeah, well, someone's got to do Steve's job, haven't they? They've just taken the mick and derailing everything. We're not talking about, we're not talking about war and films yet, Jim. Yeah, come not on. Yeah, we'll do, though. Talk about war and films. Go on. War and peace. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of uh, these sort of Premier League legends joining like lower league teams and like? Did you see the Colo Toro thing? You seen? He's, he's the Wigan manager. Have you seen that? That's mental. That's did you see the quote from him? No. One of my all-time favourite quotes. He said, "When Wigan come knocking, you just can't say no." Like no one has ever said <laughs> that before. Let me see this. When Wigan come knocking. You can't say no. Can. That isn't true. Everyone has said no to Wigan for can. about 400 years. Like, that is not a thing. See if you can find the quote. I saw it on Twitter. I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I hope no, this pause lasts for ages. He, he doesn't. Is he, um, is he not said on there? Not on that one. Has he said um, that? The atmosphere at the DW Stadium. Something to that yeah. effect of when Wigan come calling. Yeah. You don't I, I say believe, no. I like, can believe you, it. Like, you don't say no to Wigan. Like he's talking about the KGB or something. <laughs> like, you know. I can, cause my <laughs> when Wigan come knocking at your door. Yeah, no, you, you, don't, I, you don't turn you that can't, down. Yeah, when Wigan came, you can't turn that down, apparently, he said. Um, you can. No, you, you absolutely can turn Wigan down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People have been doing that for <laughs> centuries. Turning Wigan down. Yeah, when Wigan came, you know, you can't turn that down. You can't turn that down. Other than the other 12 managers they approached. Um, if you can hear what can only play musical fucking as, dickheads as, yeah. upstairs again, as, like they do on every Friday. You know. We're going to clip this up and send it to him. No, because no, then they'll say nasty things to me. <laughs> yeah. What do they bark. do? The more bark, what, Alex. What do you think they do? I think they are doing musical chairs. And whoever gets, whoever stays in last gets like a ten grand bonus or something. It's yeah, a proper okay. like, like dog eat dog business, like yeah, yeah, call yeah, centre yeah. thing upstairs, isn't it? <laughs> Where they're all screaming at tellies and there's American flags hung up and stuff. Have you seen it? It's mad. It's like Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Neon lights everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Everyone's got cocaine and those shirts where it's blue and then the collar and the oh, cuffs yeah. are white. Gordon Gecko yeah. style. Yeah. Um, Adam Sharp in the super chat says, "I'm gonna." Be, he's been a member of the academy for twelve months, by the way. He says, I'm going to be in the away end at Burnley, going with my mate who's a Burnley fan. Love that. Uh, that'll get be stuck in. interesting. Don't try and baffle them with science by asking them what the score is or anything like that. They'll get confused. <sighs> you can um, say that because you're from around here. You what? 
Very disrespectful to the Burnleyans. Burnleyans. I used to cover Burnley and Black. Like Burnley and Blackburn is one of the roughest games ever in terms of like arrests. There's more arrests per hundred people or whatever in the in that game, that derby, the East Lancs derby, mm. than any other game in Britain. And I used to interview like you go and interview say Burnley fans and they'd be like, thing about Blackburn fans, right? It's just dead thick. Mm. He'd be like, all right, okay. <laughs> and then you go and interview the Blackburn <laughs> fans. Blackburn, think about them dingles. They haven't got a brain cell between them. Right, right, okay. <laughs> Just some cheering from upstairs. Genuinely, someone's the weekly the weekly bonus. Yeah, yeah. It is Wolf of Wall Street up there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, pa- Patrick Cassidy, who's been a member of the academy for twenty four months, thanks for your support. Says up the paddock. Yes, man. Um, Andy Oates says Burnley, come on, lads, we will beat them. Do you remember the sort of? I feel like one of the lowest ebbs as a United fan was when Burnley beat us 2-0 at Old Trafford. Yeah. I remember that game as being a particular low but point. That, that and I, mean, I know that sounds dramatic, but genuinely, because I thought, we're just fucked. What are we doing? Like, yeah. we've got, a, the team's pretty crap. Yeah. The manager, I don't think he knows what he's doing. And he certainly, you know. That was under Solskjaer. Yeah, Solskjaer, yeah. like, he's, you know, it was I around like the guy. guy January 2020, yeah. no, wasn't it? No, it was, it, it was yeah. spot on. Yeah. And it was like, you know, there was no light in the tunnel. We were six points off top four. And you just thought, what are we doing? Where are we going? We're just doomed. The Glazers have doomed us. Yeah. And Oli, I love him, but he's not the man to get us out of this. And this team isn't good enough. Um, and I remember just feeling proper sort of just disconsolate. Nice. And, then, um, and then we bought Bruno Fernandes. And we went on a 21-game unbeaten run and finished third. Mental. It was just one of those that you're looking at that team. Because I think under Jose and Van Hal, you went... There's players there. Like mm. Jose was benching Paul Pogba a lot. And, and also and there's a manager who manages that there. I know with it didn't really work out, but you believe that because they've done it before, yeah. they, at some point they'll do it again. Yeah. Whereas Solskjaer, he didn't really and have also, that to But you were looking at his bench and he was going, all right, he's starting Pereira, but his other option is... Should we have a look, actually? Well, he's not got anybody else. Yeah. There wasn't. There was no other other possibility to bring on. And that was the thing that was first... You know, you've you seen him putting kids, I think Brandon Williams was playing loads of games. You were going, all right, yeah, but... There isn't a Luke Shaw because he's injured. No, there and, he was, and he was poor at that point. There wasn't as well. a Tellers at this point yeah. either. There was just nobody. There was another child to come in. Kind of. Yeah, so that was what sorry. made it worse. Was there was just you felt like Ollie's doing the best he can with what he's got, that, and yeah. there's just nothing you can change. He couldn't inspire this this team. That, on, that, team. that team. That's it. To be fair, it's not a million miles away from a team that uh, was successful. Um, like, it is, Jay. right? Well, De Gea, Wambasaka. Phil Jones, Harry Maguire, Brandon Williams, right? right? Okay, three of that back five made up the rest of the, the team for the rest of the season that went mm. on to finish third. Yeah, but I mean, just yeah. when you compare it to now, maybe. Oh, yeah, now, it's yeah, yeah. Mad, but my point is, okay, like, that team year. that finished third, this wasn't a million miles No, away. no. Fred and Nemanja Matic, yep. Juan Mata, Pereira, Dan James, Andy Martial leading the line. Obviously, you know, Marcus, I think, had just got injured. Mm. You look on the bench, we had Eric Bailly, Jesse Lingard, Delow, Romero, Luke Shaw, Mason Greenwood, Angel Gomez. So it's mad though because it that you team can see is there was, there was average in it. But what happened was, if you remember, Bruno came in. Martial, I remember in that game was awful, but he just come back from injury. Mm. Bruno came in. Martial started playing a lot better. I think Marcus came back from having his, his had a back injury. He he got a few goals then. Um, I can't remember if Pogba came back or not, but I think Lindelof or someone came back as well. well the we had the start of it where Bruno came in scoring loads of goals. Then yeah. the pandemic hit, didn't they? That was it, thank and you. And then it just, you came back from that and you Pogba were like, was Pogba, back was from, yeah, Pogba was fit, Bruno back was playing that. and he was just like, this yeah. is your team now. Ollie had great. figured it out with a bit of bit of time off. With, we had a few weeks of training beforehand without yeah. any games. Yeah. And you just had a team. Because the Tottenham game. off the bench and won a penalty. You go to the Tottenham game, which is just after the pandemic, the first game, well, the pandemic was still a thing, but yeah, it yeah. was the first game back. So you had Martial, Rashford, Bruno, Dan James, Fred, McTominay, Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, Victor Lindelof, Wambasaka, and De Gea. That's pretty much your team. That's one of my United's greatest ever teams, though. That's the most ridiculous thing <laughs> that I've ever heard in my life. Um, all right, then. Name me a single other Manchester United team that has gone unbeaten away from home more than that one. Um, I think if I, you check your records... Ernest Magnall's 1908 team. The answer is none. <laughs> that doesn't mean... So, therefore... Right, it's not one of the best United teams ever, though, is it? All right, then, the best. What are you trying to say? <laughs> no, obviously not. But there's, when, I, when I see that team, it yeah. reminds me of a warmth that I enjoyed watching Man United when that, that team was playing. That like, we, were sh- we were still shit, but, like, yeah. they were excited to watch. <coughs> excuse me, they were excited to watch. 
They scored goals. They could go on unbeaten runs. We come back from being down all the time. Mm. It felt like watching Man United again. Obviously, not to the the highs of winning games and uh, winning trophies, but there was something where after Jose, everything was so dull and dead and boring. That team was actually quite exciting again. I, 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 I do like I, it for that. I, Obviously, I it's not what, remotely close what, to what you're saying. There was a few things that annoyed me that season, though. Like that team, yeah, the run was great and everything that went was great. The fact there was no fans, and I don't just mean going to the game because I don't, you know, I don't do many aways. It's just having the fans in the stadium makes a difference even when you're watching it on the telly. Mm. The Scousers won the title that season, which just infuriated me because it was like they've done it. Okay, don't they've done it without any fans. That still don't still count though. Done it, aren't it? It's no. well annoying. Um, and it was one of those where we got third, didn't we, on like the final day? So we just about you had that sort of thing. Are we even gonna get top four? But in the end, we it did come good, and there was a lot of good games along the way. And Bruno was a f- revelation. Uh, I've been at Verma, who's been a member of the academy for twenty months. Joe, if you're filling up for Steve, mm-hmm. what's your favourite conspiracy theory, and what's your memory of '99 final and '99 '91? Sorry, as well. My, f- my memory of '91 is just chilling out, sort of egg style, in my mum's. Uterus. You're not there in Rotterdam. <clears throat> I didn't go. Why? I was really, really unborn at that point. Oh, yeah, I you was you were really, really unborn. I was just, I, yeah, I know. I tried to. I texted him. I was like, sorry, lads, can't turn up today. Do you know what? I've not been fucking you born yet. YouTubers do my idea, man. Oh, no. Honestly. The, Call my, yourself Reds. I didn't go because it didn't exist. What sort of an excuse is that? My, na- my memories of the 99 final were watching it in the front room with my two sisters because yeah. my dad had gone to the game, so in he was My there. dad was there as well. Um, screaming, jumping up and down when, when they scored and the neighbours banging on the wall telling us to be quiet. That's my memory of the 99 final. Yeah. And my favourite conspiracy... Have you seen that one today with the snow? Have you seen this? this is, have you seen it? Have you seen it? <laughs> Some bloke goes outside, the <laughs> snow outside, <laughs> and he gets a big snowball and puts it on a coal fire, like, do you know, like a log burning stove type thing yeah. opens it up puts the big snowball on it and it leaves it on there for 20-30 seconds don't, really, don't melt it's not, it's 20, not real 30, snow 20 seconds yeah so the conspiracy is that it's it's a government imposed weather system to act as a sort of um, uh, lockdown by proxy keeping us in our houses by scaring it's us with, with lockdown, weather it's a new lockdown Jay get into it's a new lockdown and then he the holds weather. a match to it and instead of melting it just goes black a government imposed weather yeah this government, who are literally the most incompetent government in the history not this of mankind. Go- no, no, it's not this government. It's the government above that government. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your Rockefellers, yeah. your, um, you know, your Jeremy Beadles, your yeah. Illuminatis. Yeah, yeah. Illuminatis. They're controlling the weather. Yeah. I saw that. I saw something on Twitter. You know Graham Hunter used to do the La Liga TV stuff? Yeah. He's part of it. Right, okay. <laughs> the cabal. Cabal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. Controlling you know, the weather. You know Cabal used to play for Tottenham? Yeah, yeah. He's not part. Didn't he play? No. no. He, where He's else? backed was out. He, was he Full. just at Tottenham? Was that right? Yeah. Um, the lizard people, Jay, says Manveru. Uh, also, the 12 days of Paddock. Yes. We are doing the 12 days of Paddock. People are asking, where is it? It's starting. I can never do this. It starts on the 20... Come on, push it up. It starts on Christmas, on Boxing Day, like the 12 days of Christmas are meant to start. Oh, no, it starts on Christmas Day, excuse Christmas me. Day. Right, so it starts, starts on, on Christmas, Christmas Day, Day and, and goes on for 12 days, which is right. what the 12 days of Christmas is. Joe's going to be there, mince pie, on YouTube yeah. going, this is the first And so all you have done. to do to be in with a chance of winning 12 different prizes, yeah. 12 different prizes, including £500 cash. All you have to do is join our membership. You get extra videos, extra content as well, and you'll be automatically entered into all of those prizes. So join the membership, click the join button under this video to be in with a chance of winning. It's just a way of paying back our lovely, lovely members. Um, YouTube says he's talking about cloud seeding, geoengineering. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, Sim Forbes says chem- chemical planes or chem planes. Yeah, there you go. He said, uh, Brian Case said it's the same people keeping Phil Jones. Isn't it interesting that these people would put clouds in the sky and chemicals in the air on the same planet that they fucking live on? (laughs) But do they really, Jack? It's meant to be like silver and like magnesium and all that shit. It's like oh, in London and stuff, where the where like the government live, and where it's in America as well, where these big sort of people are meant to live. Unless they're on another planet watching over us, yeah. I'm pretty sure that these clouds would be affecting them as well. It's all no. just nonsense, isn't it? Uh, Abinav Verma says it's still mad how Bruno came, asserted himself in the team, and became a fan favourite that quickly. Ed says Bruno came in like Cantona in '92. Abinav Verma says also says Jay, what's your memory watching that 1908 team? I was only young, mm. I, could barely, I was only about two. 
So I can barely remember it. You you were one of those. You used to you were protesting, weren't you? We're not changing from Newton Heath. <laughs> like you were there. Hey, green and gold. Yeah. Until the club is sold. That was yeah. That was yours, wasn't what, it? We're becoming Manchester United. What's that's that? A terrible. Idea. What does that mean? Do you know what I mean? Newton, Newton Heath. Heath forever. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I don't actually. They used to call you United. Newton Keith, didn't they? They did. You were so yeah. up for it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about this World Cup club thing, Infantino? Has been talking. Yeah, it's about. the FIFA sanction too. You're looking like you're gonna fight me. Could you give us any less detail, please, Jay? Right, me, we've just been discussing do? it upstairs ten <laughs> no, minutes no, ago. Yeah, but Dave, the not. don't know right. that. <laughs> they, right, baggers, tell them. It's thirty-two teams. <laughs> yeah, and that's about all I know. Same as the, it's the same format as the World Cup, but for clubs. Right. Yeah, I have no idea how you qualify for it, but I'm guessing it's. We like you, and you need to be there. Yeah, I and mean, well, let's it. assume it's similar to the Champions League, but you've got teams from Argentina and Korea. Well, no, it's going to be similar to the World Cup, so it's yeah. going to be in a tournament style. Yeah, and but you qualify, and then it's oh, you have to qualify separately. I'm, it's not, I it's reckon not it's based on how you do in your own league. I don't think it'll be league because it'll probably be like UEFA. So if you how you do in the Champions League, maybe, but I just don't see how that mm. works and how the qualifying is going to work for it and all that. Because if they do it as a qualifying. Separate, like they can't do. be doing that. It's gonna be mental. Uh, separate qualifying with six hundred club teams in it. Who can't have that? I don't. I don't see the point in it because I, I think that I'm I know. Fi- well, FIFA want to do it because they want to have more. Again, it's the same as everyone said about the Super League. It's more times where you want the top two teams or whatever yeah. playing each other. They don't think the Champions League is enough. That's why they're doing the league thing for the Champions League in the next few years. But not being disrespectful to outside of Europe, but. The European teams are going to win. The European team have won the w- Club World Cup where they play well, that small thing, tournament then. like every single time. There's only once they've not done it. United that lost. That was in 99, wasn't it? Was it I 99? think we lost yeah. one. I think, but I think since then, it's the difference has been crazy. Yeah. There's only been but once it, in the past. I t- right. I think it immediately, you my, bo- my brain goes, shit idea, hate it. Super League, same again, hate it. Yeah. But actually, if it's a tournament where... You get to play all the best teams from around the world, and you have to qualify for it. That was the real gripe with the Super League for me was that this is a tournament that negates the level of competition and and like teams being able to progress and and achieve entry to it. It was just a set teams. That's what the the problem with the Super League was. Um, if it's a, like we already have the Club World Cup, and no one kicks off when Chelsea went to do it, or you know, it's 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 a sort of accepted part of of football, and uh, uh, the like conceptually. A tournament where all of the best teams in the world, not just Europe, go against each other to see who is the best club team in the world. I'm not necessarily against that. I like that as a concept. Who's the best team, not in Europe, in the world? That's that's a, a relatively fair thing to want to see, I think. I, I, I agree. I, mean? I think that the issues are that it means that every single summer now there will be a tournament of some sort. Yeah. Because Copper America fits in between everything at the minute. Yeah. And then you can have another one. So every single summer there will be a club there'll be a is this going to be every four years I think so yeah I think that's how they're going to do it so you're going to have that in there Yeah. but also you saying that okay it's going to be qualifying they have to weight it towards Europe ridiculously or yeah. there's no point because if they do it evenly across the continents and you only have six European teams it's not going to be you're not going to get the spectacle that they want because I'm no, not being funny true. but the, Aus- yeah, the two Australian teams aren't going to do that well no because they want Madrid Barca Bayern United yeah. Juve Inter they want City, they want all of I mean, I'm all the best of European teams, and then sort of a smattering. Of they're going to change. Else, really, they'll probably they? change the World Cup soon because th- it'll be bad for them that Italy didn't play this year. Yeah, they'll have gone. That's no good. The Salah's not played. Okay, is there a way of us getting a team yeah. that's you know, you know, more teams in that way? They're going to restructure things, so I think that's just going to be more bent stuff and weird. And well, like it's, so it is. It's been the 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 the, um, the World Cup. Um, it's, which is 32 teams drawn into eight groups of four. It's set to change and they expanded 48-team tournament in four years' time. Jesus with the FIFA Council choosing two in 2017 for the nation to be split into 16 groups of three. Now, I think he's going to look at that, um, the, the, three, the 16 groups of three, on, off the back of this World Cup in Fantino because it was such a success yeah. on the pitch. Oh, like we've not had 60 years of, to like work that out already? Yeah. Or however long it's been, four he, teams he's, in, in... He's a right whopper in Fantino. Yeah. I can't stand him. I mean, I didn't like Seth Blatter, but... He's you know, just doing he, it in another way of getting as much money as possible. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. Sticking his nose in and trying to come up with these new ideas. And Arsene Wenger can do one as well because he's mm. been involved in it. And apparently he's the new... 
FIFA's two hundred million dollar global talent ID search, he's going to leave that mint. Great. Well, he was saying we should have a World Cup every two years, wasn't he? Yeah, every two I mean? weeks. Yeah, I bore off. I know. Yeah, and, and also Infantino was just coming out with nonsense as well. He was saying um, that the controversial, controversial time in this World Cup has actually led to better football rather than at the, than at the end of an exhausting season. Um, and he's also been going on about sort of. But that's that's such a like. Like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, uh, sorry I beat you up, but in a way it's good you had that scan because you found out you had, you know, hepatitis. Yeah. Like you wouldn't yeah. have had that if I hadn't kicked your face in. This like it's proper like, oh actually, you know, there's one tiny good thing in a myriad of awful shit, stupid, um, corrupt things. That doesn't make it all right. Because he said as well, teams shouldn't make protests on the pitch, i.e. rainbow armbands. As those fans who come to the stadium, billions watching on TV, have their own problems and just want to spend 90 minutes without having to think about anything else, just to enjoy a little moment of joy. That's the that's the point that he's not getting. Mm. Like, if you're a member of the LGBTQ community, when you're seeing someone standing up for you, that is bringing you a little bit of joy. Mm. That is bringing you a little bit of hope. That is something that you are living with and is something that you know you might get judged on and might make your life in some aspects more difficult. So this idea that you shouldn't be reminded that or that shouldn't happen because that's going to take away the joy yeah. of watching a game is nonsense. And also, if you're not from one of those marginalised groups, like I'm not from that community, but if I see a rain, Harry Kane wearing a red wand, does that spoil my joy of the game? No. Does that make me think, well, that's just ruined the six-three yeah. victory over no. Iran? No. No. Does, I don't. You know what I mean? It doesn't make. It doesn't affect me at all. Yet it might give some people who are marginalised a little bit of a, a lift. Especially when football is is clearly from the fact that there are. No openly gay footballers or professional footballers at the, at the sort of the top in level. The men's game, yeah. In the men's game, yeah. It is. It is clearly a sport that is somewhat behind the rest of society in terms of its perceived acceptance of those groups. So doing things that would hopefully make people more accepting of that is only a good thing. Surely, and like you said, who cares? Like if Harry Kane's got a, a rainbow armband on, I don't go. I can't watch this now. No, it's it, not for it, me. It this. What are you talking the, about? Of those absolute muppets who were booing the black liar, the yeah. taking the knee. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like again, what difference does that make in your life? They've not postponed the game while it happens. No. Do you know what I mean? It's not affecting anyone's performance. It doesn't matter to you if it doesn't matter to you. And if it does, it's something that you can be get behind and be pleased to see. Yeah. So again, it's just I just wish Infantino would just shut up with his nonsense. Mm. Because even when it's like, all right, you feel like in a way, we're moving on. I know for not everyone will feel that way, but you look like, okay, we're talking about it, yeah, the World Cup final. He has to wade in a, again and almost judge and, and, and just come in with his ham-fisted comments about these issues and about the way people have reacted to them. Almost like he's gloating about it. And I just feel like it's just really, really distasteful. And it just, it just annoys me all that because I just think you don't have to do that and you don't know what you're talking about as well. Um, Sam Zed says, do you think there should be a rule limiting how much Minutes matches a player can play a season, set them from injuries, say 60 game limit. I think the only problem with that, bro, and I understand that, is you could get to the point where international managers and, and club managers are at loggerheads. Because if Bruno Fernandes has played 59 games for Manchester United and his last game of the season mm. is the Europa League final um, and his Portugal manager ever comes in and takes over Portugal and says, well, I need him for this qualifier I've got. Yeah. Are you going to go, well, all right, I'll drop him then? Here's Unless you do it separately. Here's a question now. Go on. Do we have the data on, like, how many games a player can play before it becomes, like, f like fitness and performance is just h hindered? Because in the 60s and 50s and 70s, and I don't know why I'm doing it in a s sort of random order, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, sort of pre-Premier League, um, an international player would have to play every game for 15 years to get 100 caps for their country. Yeah. Now, you can get 150 caps by playing friendlies and, you know, you can do the same thing, but there are so many more players who play more national games because there are more friendlies, there are more Nations League, this, that, and the other. People tend to play, like, you can play 60 games a season, every single season now for your club as well because of those extra games and all that. But if you'd have said that to someone 50, 60 years ago, they would have said that was physically impossible. Yeah. And with the advancements of you know tracking of stats and, and data and fitness and food and all that shit, it's now, you, humans are now capable of, of doing more and athletes are now capable of doing more. What is the limit? 
is there one or, or could theoretically you know in 10 years uh, you know the, the record holder ho- play 250 games the, for the country the problem seems to be that they're doing it they're making decision first and it's a business decision of we yeah, need to play this many games in the Carabao Cup the EFL Cup the FA Cup this 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 and this Champions League we're going to add more games to that we have more games to the Europa League we have more qualifying oh and we're going to do more international stuff as well they're doing that and then go in okay how do we fix it how do we put gaps mm. in how do we put these breaks in Instead of going, like you said there, doing the research, see what a person can do. Because maybe, maybe if they spread everything out across the year and almost had no break in between. Yeah. You know, have you don't do midweek games, so you don't double weeks, but you don't have a break in the middle of the season almost. You don't have that three weeks in between the internationals and the yeah. that. Get rid of friendlies and stuff. Could could you do it where it's one game a week all the way through? Well, that's 50 only 52 games, That's 52 though, games. Isn't it? I can, is that a possibility or something? Yeah. But there isn't, like you said, I think the... The problem is you've got the managers of the club who I think are looking at these things kicking off about it more. There's yeah. none, no manager at a club is going, this is great, players can no. do this, don't. Every single one of them that's looking at the stats is worried. Yeah. So to me, that says to me that there is a breaking point at some point. There are going to be physical you know, limitations and stuff. Ed says, going to have to sack off domestic cups and friendlies. I wonder one day whether they might just end up getting rid of something like the League Cup, the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Uh, when, when like the money becomes a thing where they go well, we'll make more especially money. when they've already like I hope not because I love the League no, Cup yeah. I do, I've had some of my best memories as a United fan watching them genuinely the League Cup you know yeah. I mean, like the, my first um, one of my favourite first memories of being at Old Trafford was in the what was then the Rumble Cup against Liverpool mm. beating 3-1 it was the League Cup and it was it was mint the atmosphere was amazing um, so I'd, I'd hate to see that happen but it's I think that could be a consideration I think it will be Bec- they need to do something because Already, you see a lot of the top teams basically playing their second team in the League Cup. I think it's like the, the money shows it because the sponsor change every four years. So yeah. obviously they're not getting enough out of it as a yeah. as a marketing thing of this is what it is. They're not getting enough out of that. So no. it's changing constantly. So you're right. I think it gets to a point where they go. Especially when it's like, oh, we're adding in the Europa Conference League as well. No. Like where it's like, basically, if you finish in the top half of your divi- domestic division, you're playing in Europe next season. <laughs> so that that also means now yeah. that teams that have got players and, and smaller squads, someone like Burnley, for instance, no. who I don't remember what the highest they ever finished in the Premier League is, but someone like Burnley could have a year where they finish eighth. And now you've got a team with like 15 players, basically, having an extra minimum six up to sort of 10, 12 extra games um, that is just not possible. Like, you can't have a team where... Who, who is it? Like, Sheffield United would have been in the Europa Conference League three years ago or thereabout. I think they finished eighth or ninth. Yeah, so yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Anyway, teams like that where they're basically championship squads yeah. who have a really good year and now you've got an extra eight games to play. Well, you're getting relegated then, aren't you? The money because it's impossible. to them yet. Because even West Ham struggled massively in Europa League. Yeah. And they're all the Europa Conference League last year. They, they did it, did well and got to the end. But the league form just plummeted because yeah. they, they've not got the squads. They're not built to be these kind of squads. And unless you get the Champions League money, which is the big money, yeah. you can't build a squad that allows you to compete on two or no. three different fronts. You can't have 25 players that are Premier League quality on the budgets that they would need to pay each player with the money they get from the Conference League. Like They pay their players almost as much as anyone. Slightly lesser players, but they're still paying 100, 100 grand a week, 150 grand a week for the top players. They can't have 25 players like that for the money you get from the Europa Conference League. So it, that's my worry with the World Cup stuff. It's like, yeah, you need bigger squads again. What money are we getting from? Like, I just, no, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I like the concept, but I don't see how it fits. Whenever there's more football and you know, more games, there's part of me that things like what you were saying, Joe, earlier, like, oh, you know, I love football, yeah, give me more of it. But then you think of some of these like lads. Um, oh yeah, there's a stat there. Yeah, Burnley so got seventh in 2017, 18. If you're still interested, um, so what's this? I saw them versus Olympiacos. So Burnley, Europa. sorry, Burnley even got Europe, right? Yeah, yeah they but did. but like there are other teams who are even sort of smaller. They got than relegated that. within 18 months of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. They did. Didn't they play like was it Aberdeen or someone? Mm. And Olympiacos. Olympiacos. But I think they won one and then lost the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like yeah, more football. Yeah, give me more football and all that sort of stuff. But. Some of these players as well, like, mentally, it's a bit of a drain. Yeah. You know what I mean? You saw the state of some of our players post the Euros. They just weren't, didn't look right at all. No. Do you know what I mean? Even the ones that had a successful tournament. Yeah. Um, well, particularly, Maguire, Shaw and Rashford, yeah. all three of them came back completely different players to the ones that went to the Euros. Yeah. Like, Rashford and Sancho. Sancho like, as well, yeah. Looked like they were affected by what had mm. gone on. And understandably, because mm. it's not, you know... 
it, this old nonsense will be earning enough money. I was just thought you being stressed. Or hurt. Yeah, or hurt. Like Rashford yeah. is literally, yeah. you've got a broken back. Yeah. Well, if I had 250 grand a week, I wouldn't have a you broken Iron back. Man. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those where you think, could it be a bit of a mental like strain mm. on people as well and young players? And I don't know, like, you know, there is a part of me that feels like whenever they've brought about changing football, everyone's always pushed back on it. And a lot of the time, it has been a positive. I, you know, just about remember the Champions League coming in, the Premier League, people pushing mm. back on that. And you, you'd argue that was a pretty positive move. But then there's the other side of it where the Super League, for example, was a horrible idea. Mm. And was rightly sort of, you know, squashed because of the fans. Mm. It was the fans that did that. Had the fans not done anything, I'm 100% confident that Super League would have gone ahead. Mm. But as soon as they realised, the fans mobilised. And how hard is it to get fans of like, you know, United and Arsenal and everywhere else, Chelsea, to, Chelsea, to, to agree on one thing? Very difficult. And yet everyone did. And they realised it couldn't happen. Uh, good to see Solo in the chat uh, from your Man United agenda. Uh, should we talk about Ralph Ragnick? Yeah. Because we haven't <laughs> spoke about him. and it's, we're, we're doing a proper Housen's Brew here, aren't we? Where we're just avoiding the top. Well, sort of football-ish. Yeah. Um, Ralph Ragnick, in sort of the summer, or whenever it was, towards the end of his time at United, he was saying that he um, he wanted a host of players, didn't he? He said he wanted Alvarez. He wanted, or he named um, the kid at Liverpool, Diaz. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he, you know, he, he, he would have liked United to go for Haaland. Obviously, that's a bit of a no-brainer. But he's named some of these players, and the ramp and Unkunku, I think, was another one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then there was Vlavic who went to Juventus. Now, yeah, yeah. He mentioned this. He said, you know, I wanted a forward, and United said no, which is probably what got him sacked eventually. Or that's what ended up leading to him, yeah, not being a United. Th- the only pushback to these names was the dates didn't fully line up a little bit. Why? Because he kind of said th- the big issue was after the Mason Greenwood stuff happened, which yeah. was the 30th of January. I wanted to sign X, Y, and Z. Flavich signed for events on the third on the same day. Yeah. Diaz signed for Liverpool the day after. Yeah. And Alvarez signed for City on the 31st. So right. So there might be a bit of. So there was a bit of, of that. But, but there I, was, think I think he did what a January signing. And he said, there was obviously, yeah. look, three went. So yeah. there was an availability. There was players there that are yeah. quality. Because he, he said that he was told that there wasn't deemed to be the quality in the market, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. He said, he said, um, he said he, he wanted a January signing, a striker in January. He said, um, he told reporters, the answer at the time was no. There was no player on the market that could really help us. That's the one. But there were a few. Diaz, who is now, who is now at Liverpool. Alvarez, who will be at Man City in the summer. Vlahovic, who at the time was still at Juve. Those are just three of them that came across my mind now. So he's, he's saying, yeah. uh, we had four days off at the time. And on the Sunday, I was informed about the issues with Mason Greenwood. And obviously, Andy Marshall had already left. And then I was aware that within four days we had some strikers missing and it might make sense. Sense, sorry, we were still in three competitions, Champions League, FA Cup and fourth in the league, but that's in the past and it doesn't help us anymore. So, it, uh, yes, I get your point. It's the, the dates are a bit, you know, touch and go. But we spoke about Bruno Fernandes when he came in in January in 2020 and how he gave us that massive boost. And you feel like one player can make a difference to a team that's struggling. Yeah. Like it can. And it was obvious United needed something. You had... Ronnie, to be fair, was still banging in goals. Marcus had fallen off a cliff. Ilanga wasn't the player we, th- we were hoping he would be, I think, no. basically. We kept throwing him in. Wasn't really getting any goals and assists, especially, I think, post Madrid didn't get any. And it was just like, you know what, this just sometimes you get that one player and it gets everyone going and there's a bit of competition for places and, and all the rest of it and it gives you everyone a the lift. Th- but the thing with ne- that for me is something, I think. It's almost like, obviously... Fundamentally, the issue is the Glazers, and we've, you know, we've, we've said that in infinitely on this channel. But if we look at it as a more sort of whose job is it to do this, the Glazers aren't picking players, are they? That's not, no. they aren't no. doing that. No one is suggesting that they are. I think United's scouting system has had a real sort of foot off the gas mentality for a very long time. Like, as we, as we, we all have said numerous times, when's the last time United scouts bought someone that we hadn't seen uh, trending on Twitter or a compilation of going ra- doing the rounds or this is the next hottest pro- uh, prospect here. Or the- When's the last time we bought someone? He went, so who's that? Dan James. Dan James. And even then, and Leeds he was, nah, but and he was, <laughs> but he was like, Leeds wanted him. I understand what you, you mean. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Leeds wanted him, him for four and a half million in uh, January and we bought him in the June for 12 million. Yeah. And he definitely had a word off. His international manager gig, he got obviously gone social. Yeah, he's quite good at him. Yeah. But Again. like, yeah. all right, then that turned out to be a success because Bruno Fernandes is the closest thing to a bargain we've had. But mm. he was forty-six million, and 
put producing the greatest goal scoring performance of any midfielder in football history. So he was hardly under the radar. Yeah, now nah, I think, just think Spurs like, and the Scousers were linked with him as well. I know, and, and I've said this as well. I know that at some point. United's job isn't to buy the Cantes for 300,000 or the Mahrez's for 300,000 because you let teams like Leicester take risks on yeah. those players because for every Cante, there's five whoever the fucks that yeah. you never hear of, that never break into the first team, that aren't very good. Those risks that don't pay off. So I, don't, I understand that that can't be United's full-time transfer strategy because yeah. if it is, you end up doing what... Leicester's a bad example because they've won the league, but typically they finish top 10 but no higher. That is that is what you would get if you did that every week, or Wolves, for instance. But United never surprise you in the transfer market. No. Like, look at who we've signed recently, and I'm and I love it. And we've signed some great players. Varane, literally the best centre back of the last decade. Yeah. Uh, 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 Lissandro Martinez, the manager's favourite player from his old club. Anthony, his second favourite player from his old club. Like Casemiro. I think this Casemiro, is the best defensive midfielder of the last decade. Ronaldo, the most famous footballer of all time. When's the last time we signed someone where you go? That was a bargain. Even someone like Alex Tellers, who was cheap, was very well known, like, sort of, kind of reliable left back. He was, right? He was a Brazilian national. Yeah, he was captain. And was putting numbers up because he was was, taking free kicks. Yeah, yeah, scoring, like, ten goals a season from left back. Like, and and even he didn't turn out to be very good. But it's just, like, I just, I, I feel like Rangnick's point or... Him saying, or the, the, the scouts or whoever it was responsible saying, we don't see anyone that's any good, basically, everyone's shit that's available, is just such a sign of how our transfers have been for the last seven or eight years, where it's, if it's not a big name, we're not interested. I think this is the problem, because I, I remember chatting to someone, I think it was, it was 18 months ago, and this, this lad who I knew from friend of a friend was head of one of City's groups in um, America, mm. was one of their coaches in America. And I was saying to these lads, I said, you know how far behind City we are? We're so f- it's not about name a player in the first team and, oh, we're not, f- you know, if we get a, another midfielder, we'll mm. be as good as City. You know, we're not far away squad-wise. Get a couple of... Their group or whatever it is, their group of coaches and scouts across the world, the fact they've got people in America and here, you know, I don't have that. You look at... I remember being at college, my mate going to... We wa- went and watched a, a youth tournament on a sun- Sunday morning because he was doing some scouting. And it was Bayern Munich's team versus PSG's team in Florida playing. Mm. And City had a team there. United don't have any of that. They don't mm. have these smaller teams all over the world that are playing. Our scouting network is so small. It's so been, you know, it's not been looked at. And this is why City can go Alvarez in, in Argentina, who's yeah. scoring goals, looks obvious, and people are talking about him. But they can back it because yeah. they've got people in and around it that are in that league, in that division, that have scouted him from an early age and can make those decisions. Yeah. United don't have that. That's why no. we signed Casemiro. Casemiro's a great player, but is it not the most obvious... Again, it's yeah. one of the most the, obvious signings around there. A, good, a couple of people in the, in the chat have said Malasio, which is, a, you know... Is a well, again, that was the manager came in and told him about that's that. That's not the club going... No, it was not the scouting system. Again, you could tell that because you went from... You knew... You could get the feelings of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's targets who he wanted and, and you know it looked like he missed out on Haaland obviously Bellingham these are the big names and stuff it looked like and I think Declan Rice as well they've gone away now yeah. because the manager's come in and gone no here you go here's my list yeah. I've done this for Ajax obviously these are the two that I liked like you said Malassia I know and then they've gone Frankie de Jong as well I've worked with him he's pretty good as well yeah and it's, it is a manager-lay scouting. Now, whether this changed in the summer, now, we've talked about, I think, like, there's so much change at United. And there was a couple of, I think it was the head scout and another guy as well who was really high up in the scouting. I can't remember the names. Um, they left the club, didn't they, about six yeah, to eight months yeah. ago. The, the, then there were rumours came out that they were kind of not really doing the job you would think they'd be doing with those titles, and it might not make the same effect that you would assume. But there has been changes, but it just feels like... I don't know. I like I like signing big names and Casemiro's been great and all that. But then, like you said, where is why don't United don't act like a big club? We don't operate like we are the biggest club in England. City operate like they're the biggest club in England by having. I know it's all a bit dodgy and what's going on, but like owning the club in New York, owning uh, the club in is it South Africa, the other club that they own as well, where it's like they they are setting up camps and sort of they like, like a dozen teams, different things. Yeah, like a dozen teams <laughs> yeah, around the world. <laughs> 
with the filtering, the scouting, they're putting Frank Lampard there and he's coming yeah, on loan to City. Yeah, he signed for New York yeah. City and then the but like, Man City. That's the sort of thing that, even if you don't agree with it, if it doesn't feel like football, it's a bit modern and 21st century sort of business and fraud and all that weird shit going on. It's the sort of thing that a club with a vision of a mass worldwide structure has. Man United go, well, we used to do a little bit of Royal Antwerp, but we stopped that 20 years ago. You don't even need to be Not the city level of doing sorry. it. No, it was where it was. Was it? Yeah. You don't even yeah. need to be the city level. Do it. Look how Liverpool have done it. They've again this approach, this statistical approach of getting in players that fit profiles and fitness yeah. and all these yeah, different things. Because they had, I think, was it Salah was already being looked at. Yeah. And and even Van Dijk was a long term target um, before. Um, Mane was in. there before. Is there not? I understand everything you've said, and I kind of agree with it. But this summer, did we not get it right? Yes. So far, yeah, we're, t- we're 13 games into the season. Or yeah, no, 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 it's I'm far not. too early. Yeah. I think Casemiro is one way you. I do think this no was, um, in terms of the player recruitment, you can argue about the prices, especially for Andre. I do think it was a phenomenal summer. I, but we would have said that about Solskjaer's 2020 summer when Wambasaka, Maguire, Dan James, uh, and Bruno Fernandez. Not that, not that he was in the summer, January but that that right year, there. for 12 months after we'd signed them, they got us to Europa League final. They got second in the league. No one said Maguire was a bad signing until after. Mykonos. I feel like no this, one did. I understand, like or after the Euros. Sorry, that was a decent summer. I still felt a little bit short. That summer, yeah, I but feel, I what I mean is like the signings so, themselves. No, none of those signings were like, for me personally, I can only speak for myself. Like a Casemiro signing one. I think Bruno was. Casem- no, that's I'm talking about the summer. The we summer, not the yeah. twelve months. We signed Bruno in the January. I mean, that summer when we got Wambasaka and Maguire and Dan James. Yeah, it was three decent players, especially Maguire. When I thought, yeah, that's a really good signing for us. I'll, my hands up are dead. But like. There was a bit of a wow factor this summer, I thought. Like, when mm. it was Casemiro in particular, I'm like, crikey, I can't believe we've got yeah. him. Martinez has been a revelation. And, like, you know, Ericsson was, was a nice on the kick. Yeah. So I feel like, you, you're right, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying for this summer, I feel like it, it kind of made sense what we did. The only thing that didn't make sense for me, the way we went about the Anthony signing. Yeah. Because me and you were covering it so many times where we're with Anthony, he's 40 million, he's 50 million. He's 60 million, he's 70 million. Every week it was going up. Yeah. Because they sell another player. Yeah. And, and they don't need, don't that need money. the money. Yeah. And then it got 200 million and we bought him. You've seen, you the think- you seen the Van der Sar clip from the Athletic where he's gone. We didn't need to sell him. We no. weren't going to sell him. We'd, yeah. we'd planned, we'd sold Martinez, and I think they'd sold a lad to Bayern as well. Yeah, it's um, trying to think of the centre midfielder. I can't remember yeah, his they name. Signed, they'd yeah. sold them. That Young was lad. their income dump. Yeah. They were like, I, we don't need any more money. We are a well-run club, sustainable. We don't need any more money. Anthony, but then it just got to a point where United were like, no, no, what, what's, Graven Birch. what's the Graven Birch. What is the price? Mm. If we give you 100 million, will you do it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I think and the other thing in the summer, sorry, is that that was You've the looked thing at the balance sheet now. For me. Well, not frustrating because, you know, there's still a part of me that thinks it's just money that they'll waste on themselves anyway. But it, it's not great sort of management and business to go. Yeah. I'm not having a dig at Eric tonight. I'm no. not worried what he's given, but it's not great to go we'll leave it out late until you do it like the way. But you, you look at it, it now. That can't, it's, it's not sustainable. Under, under this ownership, it's not because that's it now. And the worrying yeah. thing, yeah. Worry thing for me is like that is if you bought all those players that we bought and they were all like, Early twenties, mid twenties, you'd think, all right. But you know, Ericsson, I know he's a free, but he's thirty. Casemiro's thirty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like they're long-term signings. So and you've still got an element of in three years' time, you might be needing to replace two of your midfielders. Yeah, and we've got a what? credit card bill of three hundred million. Yeah, now. To so your, that's a worry. To your point there of did we not get it right though? I think that it is. It's almost for me that sort of stop clock is right twice a day thing where yeah. you keep doing this where you go for Di Maria and Falcao and Lukaku and, and Zlatan and, and Cavani and Ronaldo and Sancho and Varane and Casemiro. Like, eventually, one of the best players be in fair, the world is going to play jo- okay under, for Manchester under United. Jose, I felt that, that first window Pogba. Was, was solid. Pogba, Zlatan, Mkhitaryan mm. uh, and Bailly, I think Bailly, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, that's a good window. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That looks, with a new manager... But again then, but because that's good. the system, you follow it up with a, a, a not-so-good window. No, 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 I know, it, Then, no, then no. it all crumbles again. No, because that's, look that's at the gaps, worry. that's my point is. Yeah. The gap is 2016-2022. You've got those two windows yeah. there. And, that's, you know, I think the windows in between, whilst the, the Maguire and, and Wamsel was an all right window, it was decent. Mm. I don't, I think it's, there was still a lot of question mm. marks there, especially after the way we'd finished the previous season. Mm. So it's like those two seasons out of the last six are ones where I'd go. Those summers are, are rate. Yeah. Every other summer, I think, has been flawed. Yeah, and you I would even I mean? still say 
that this summer it's it is pretty it's still kind of too early to call yeah. it success yeah. because and I know the players aren't quite the same quality and stuff, but we would have rated that summer that we're talking about now, the Maguire, Wambasaka, Dan James summer, as being maybe not where we need to be, but a successful it was a step summer. In the right direction. Three first team players yeah. who have improved the I team, the, the, and now you look back at it and you go, well, none of them are three good waste of money. Yeah, none of them are good enough. And I didn't, I certainly didn't think that after the first dozen games. Yeah, exactly. I've so said it a million times, I, 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 Wambasaka. People try and rewrite history, but he started off very well. It's great for 18 months. Uh, let me get in some yeah, of the yeah, chats. So, um, Biggie Third says, We need to stop saying anyone after Mourinho was right. What did Ragnick or Ronaldo say that we didn't already know, giving credit for the obvious? It is a little bit that, but also the one thing I will, and I, I, the, the, the football under Ralph Ragnick wasn't good enough, and I've said before he was well out of his depth, but the one thing I give him credit for is at least he called out the owners whilst he was there. Yeah. Do you know and what I mean? And a lot of protest yeah, in any form is, is obvious. But the fact that you are doing it and you're in a position that you are and you are saying it still makes it not brave by any means, but like noteworthy, yeah. different, bigger than, you know, just us as fans saying it because no one listens to us as fans. But people listen to the current sitting manager of Manchester <laughs> United saying you're fucking about behind the scenes. This is a joke. It may have been obvious, but it's still big that he would have said that. I think uh, that he did say that. So anyway, it's sad times. Because the housewife's favourite is leaving us, aren't <sighs> The I elephant am. in the room. Yes. Yeah. That's I not I've been on prolonging you. this podcast. I didn't want it to end. But it has. And, you know. Alex stretched, is leaving. We've stretched the budget. And we've actually gone to Marx's. Because yeah. we know you're you a man, man of, you know, superior taste and me. And, so. and you're moving house. So yeah. we thought you'd get your yeah, house I mean, more present. You've got your little something there. You, to be fair, we're revealing yeah. this like it's a big comedy present. It's actually just a normal no, little is, gift. You know, we're proud of ourselves. Three okay. sauce pan set. There's a pan. Where's he sit? Yeah, there you go. Look. Look at that. Right. Three, three sauce pan set. I need them. Yeah. So. So you've got. I actually had four. 14 centimetre, 16 centimetre, 18 centimetre. Which yeah. is three of my favourite centimetres. Honestly. Cooking me HelloFresh things in there. Yeah. See, always See think, I mean? right up to the end of my job. Love, lad. He's Still always on it. it. There's well a done. card in there as well. Thank you can open you later. But enjoy that. Also, the receipts in there if you want to take it back. <laughs> yeah. Just in case, you know, you think. I need sauce pans. I've already got them sauce pans. Abdullah Ibrahim says, Stadium needs upgrading and redevelopment. Training ground needs upgrading too. The sooner they leave, the better. Congrats on the new place, baggers. Yes. Before we go, Dublin, right? We're going to be there. In fact, you're even even though you're leaving us, you're coming down, aren't you? I'm coming down. Good lads. Um, so it's going to be me, Joe Smith, Adam McCullough, Stephen Housen, and Brian McClare. Manchester United legend Brian McClare is going to be there. We're going to be at our first ever live event at Stretford Paddock. Come down and join us. It'll be a real laugh. We're going to, you know, just there's no filter with Brian McClare. Stretford Paddock, no filter at all. And uh, you know, there's no filter with Stephen Housen either. So it'll just be a right laugh. Yeah. So come down and join us. There's a link in the chat. You can see there, 30th of December. We look forward to, to seeing you guys down there. If you're not doing as well, check out the members section for the 12 Days of Paddock. Don't forget to check out Alex Bagley on your socials. Where can people find you? Baggers underscore Alex. You can't find him on this channel, but you still be able to find him there. Thank yes. you very much. Hopefully, you, you will be on this channel yeah, again. Yeah, hopefully, still come back. Yeah, still, come on. Yeah, this won't be the last yeah. of Alex Bagley, yeah, yeah. but so it's the, everyone, the last all of All those housewives are yeah. just devastated. Don't worry, we'll be getting him back yeah, on. Yeah, he will be coming on uh, again. Thank you very much, Alex. You. Yeah, thanks, Baggers. Yeah. Keeping the lights on. He doesn't just do on camera stuff, he keeps the lights on for us, Baggers. He's yeah. done sensational work down the years. Um, but yeah, Sloppy Joe's podcast, new episode uh, out yesterday or the day before. So make sure you go check that out. Very good yeah. stuff. Um, you know where to find me as well. We've got a video with Stephen Housen out tomorrow because he's over there in Qatar. Oh, look at me. I'm meeting R9. Oh, hello, meeting Batty Stewart. If he meets Beckham, I'm not talking to him about that. I'm not talking to him anyway. It was just silence. I was nice the video I did with it. Mm. Just <laughs> seven minutes of meeting him, just sat there sulking. Quite nice, though. Yeah, but it's Quite over. relaxing. Put yeah. it on when you fall into sleep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this has been The Brew. That's been Baggers. That's been Joel Smith. I've been Jay Motty. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.